Good morning, everyone, and happy Monday before Christmas. You are listening to another episode of the Uncharted Podcast, a place where women can celebrate one another and get real on perspectives around life, success, adventures, expectations about who we should be, and doing life just a little bit differently. This week, because it is the end of the year, and we are actually going to take a two-week hiatus after this to celebrate the holidays, Christmas and New Year's Day, both fall on a Monday this year, so we are going to take the time away with our families and give you all that time to have a little bit of a podcast break as well. But for this particular week, I wanted to hit on something that I think tends to come up a lot this time of year. If you're like me at all, you probably currently have a job that isn't in the town that you necessarily grew up in. Um, Maybe you are in another state or just another city, or heck, maybe you're halfway across the world. And if you're fortunate enough where you can come home for the holidays, though it is very joyous, it can also be a bit overwhelming, particularly if we're in a scenario where We don't really feel like we are in a role or a position or a career that's really allowing us to excel and be who we want to be. So when you show up at the Christmas dinner or reunions with friends or maybe just the Christmas party down the road and you get bombarded with these questions of, how is life? What have you been doing this year? Where are you in your career? Oh, did you get a promotion this year? Hey, who are you dating? Who are your new friends? Are you married yet? Those things can become so overwhelming because even though the questions are placed with the very best intentions, you also very quickly start to put in your head, what do I think they want to hear back? Or even if you don't consciously think that, you may start to think, Oh, well, if I say how I'm really feeling, they're going to think I'm not happy or if I'm not succeeding or whatever it might be. And so it can become very draining, very overwhelming, and you can start to feel a bit inauthentic to who you really are. And so at this time of year, as we're making resolutions for how we want the next year to go, it can also be a time where we feel like we have to do some soul searching or we have to go searching for this next best thing or this next thing that we want to do. So this week we're going to do something a little bit differently. When the idea came out to do the Uncharted podcast, it actually originated from my old blog, The Uncharted Soul which was really a way for me to kind of explain the emotions and the experiences that I was going through with a year on the road. Um, And in doing so, I would do these posts and they would be my lessons. So lessons that I had learned or that I wish someone would have told me or just things that I had experienced. And one of the posts that I wrote got a ton of traction, probably more than anything else on the blog because no one else really cared. It really was just for me. But it was called Lesson 5, Stop Trying to Find Yourself. So this week, before we get to our guests, I wanted to go back, read that podcast, in a, or <laughs> read that um, blog in a fun way, of course, give you a little bit of background 
And then we're going to call up one of my very good friends, Alina Tisk, who is really the person who inspired the entire story because she was about to make a huge shift in the trajectory of her life. And she had some advice. So we are going to do the post and then we'll give her a call and see if she's available to let us know where she is. All right, let's get started. November 6, 2016, lesson five, stop trying to find yourself. There are some places in life, either physical, emotional, or simply just a passing space in time, that I believe all people have the opportunity to remember who they truly are. I say remember because despite the fact that I've spent the past 10 years of my life thinking that I should be out in the world finding myself, I've come to realize what I, that what I was looking for wasn't actually something that could be found. It wasn't lost or hiding in a cupboard. It wasn't in some magical place that would only appear if I traveled halfway around the world. You know, kind of like my own eat, pray, love story. And it wasn't something that I was going to unlock with a handful of clues. Instead, the quote-unquote me that I thought I was looking for turns out to have been right here, stitched on my heart since I was a little girl and trudging beside me all through these random adventures and challenges that I had dragged her through, waiting not to be found or unlocked, but simply to be remembered. I'm not sure at what age we begin teaching children or people in general that they are in fact lost and need to go looking for something unknown. But what I do know is that each time we do so, we are doing an ungodly disservice to our society. Think for a moment about a child in your life. It could be a son, a niece, a grandchild, or even that cute random child that you see on your way to work every day. Do you have one in mind yet? Okay. Now take another second, maybe 60, and think, who are they? Really picture that child and think, are they stubborn, passionate, hilariously goofy, a little awkward but shamelessly cunning, brilliant, athletic? Do they in get inspired by the stories you tell or wonder about big adventures out in the world? Do they love to read, cook, play house, beat that new video game? Do they insist on dressing themselves every day, prefer the creative chaos of a messy bedroom over a fresh-made bed? Do they have the uncanny ability to read people's moods and bring joy to a room? Or do they love to dance and sing along in the car, hum when they're happy, stick their tongue out when they're thinking really, really hard? Or maybe do they crawl in dog cages just because? Fun fact, I used to do that all the time. I bet if you thought really hard, you could easily think of a whole list of traits that would describe who they are. And I bet if you were to ask them the same questions, they would think that that was the most ridiculous question they had ever heard. Do you know why? Because every child, no matter how happy, anxious, or overly hyperactive they appear to be, they always know exactly who they are what they like, what they don't like, and they will never be afraid to tell you so. So when exactly did it change then? 
when do we go from being so unequivocally confident in our distaste for broccoli, our love of drawing, or our passion for performing, to sitting behind a desk, crunching down another salad, and scrolling day after day for a new article, self-help book, or vacation to get away from the life so that we can finally find who we are and what we want to do. My guess is that this shift varies across the general population, but I do have a sneaky suspicion that it started the day that you learned that perhaps the person you are and the things that you love simply aren't enough. Aren't enough to keep others happy, aren't enough to get you through school, or aren't enough to make a living where you thought you could enjoy a comfortable life. Which, after being raised as the generation who could do anything they wanted to do, and were told to follow your passions, this leads to a very confused and misguided segment of young adults. I think through my own list of friends from childhood and college, and it would amaze you the number of talented, brilliant, and hilarious humans who, when we first met, had passions and pasts that they loved. Except at some point, they changed them for roles that were more practical, realistic, or had a better career trajectory. AKA, probably not the ones where you can spend all day checking the latest Snapchat filters. One friend in particular who comes to mind is someone who most people would tell you hands down that she was meant to work with people, children in particular. She has the largest heart, the patience of a saint, and a bubbly personality that will always remind you to find the goodness in every day. So it was no surprise that when I first met her, she was on the path to being a teacher, except at some point throughout that first year and a half of college, her path changed intentionally. Rather than following a belief of who she was and what she was good at, she switched to a major that was more financially rewarding, one that would later lead her to sitting at a corporate desk, crunching numbers in a stuffy, pretty bitter work environment, and often crying night after night over the frustrations of her life. It's a story that I unfortunately could repeat for many of my friends, and if I'm honest, at times myself, because it's one that has left her now feeling lost, unhappy, and on a hunt for who she is. Which brings us all back to my original thought, that you are not lost. Sure, you may have been led to believe that you are, or you certainly may feel that way, but I promise you, you're not. And you're only doing the world and yourself a massive disservice when you accept that you might be. Because here's the reality. We all know exactly who we are and the life that we want to live. Did you hear that? We all know who we are and the life we want to live. We've just convinced ourselves that we can't have it that it won't work out, or that we can't figure it out, which is why we will eternally find so much discomfort if we choose to accept that life. So here's a little challenge that I hope you'll try if you're feeling stuck, unhappy, or in a never-ending journey to find who you are. Stop looking. Stop trying to force something that isn't you. Stop trying to figure out every stop in your life. And stop running towards something you can't even say what you're running towards. Instead, just let go and go back. Back to the things that used to make you smile. Back to doing things just because you loved them. Back to living days as they come and just having fun. 
and back to that stubborn child that never feared to say exactly what crossed her mind. Because when you stop looking and decide to just live your joy instead, I have a strong feeling that you may just remember who you were and what you loved all along. So, how are you feeling? Hopefully a little bit motivated from that little pep talk. I know even myself, I need to hear those things sometimes. And as for the girl in the story, I'm going to ruin the ending for you and tell you that just after that post was launched, she actually had had something brewing that whole time. She made a huge shift to her life, went very much back to what she wanted to do, and started pursuing a career that was much more in line with her love and passions. So with that, we're going to give Alina a call. We're going to see what the past year has been like, what happened when she stopped looking for what she thought she should be and just kind of reverted back to who she knew she was and how that worked out for her. All right, let's see if we can get her. Hello? Hello? Welcome to the Uncharted Podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. So everyone just heard the old blog post that you're very familiar with from last November yeah. and was very much inspired by you. So I thought it would be really fun to check in and see how you're doing. Yes, I actually reread the post today and... It's crazy how far back a year ago seems. So back when this was written, I was actually working at JP Morgan. I was in my analyst role and I was almost at a crossroads in my life where I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I knew what I was currently doing wasn't my career path or what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So back at this time, I remember calling you. <laughs> Probably um, <laughs> multiple times a week. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, so I basically realized that my decision to change into business was not something I wanted to do. So I, to, I guess, rewind a little bit. I had gone to Elon and knew I wanted to be a teacher. And I knew that was something that I always wanted to do. Um, I was talking to my mom today and she was like, yeah, when you were younger, you would always sit at the front of the bus with like younger kids (laughs) and like you would bring, you would like bring crayons every day and color with the kindergartners and have them like draw pictures for their parents or help them with their homework. And older kids were in the back of the bus hanging out with their friends, but you wanted to dedicate your bus time to helping the younger kids. (laughs) To teaching? (laughs) Wait, how old were you? (laughs) I was in, like, middle school at this point, so I was probably in, like, fifth grade, like, fourth grade. (laughs) So, old enough where I should have been hanging out with my friends, but... (laughs) So, I had decided to go to Elon to pursue my career in education, um, and at some point within the first year and a half, changed my mind. Um, I had picked a career path that I thought was better financially and just had a better career path overall. And 
it took me a little bit of time to realize that just because it set me off financially, that it wasn't an actual career path that I wanted to pursue. So now I'm a year later, quit, quit my job, and now I'm teaching. So <laughs> I went from my corporate job of sitting behind my desk, working on Excel sheets, to um, <laughs> teaching a third grade special education class. So <laughs> When I met you in college, you were thinking of switching. You switched to accounting, right? Yeah, I, I pretty much hit up every major under. <laughs> <laughs> but I think by the time that we had met, about halfway through my freshman year, I had switched to accounting. So yeah, so I was an accounting <laughs> major. And wh- why was that? Um, so it's actually funny because a lot of people who know me think that I actually ended up switching to finance because um, I actually come from a family um, who has a lot of people who work in finance. So my mom, for instance, she, as a woman, become very successful and has been such a role model for me my whole life, but not in the sense that I felt like I had to follow in her footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was always really passionate about me becoming a teacher. And I think that my parents all along knew that this was the right career path for me. My parents, my family, they all knew that I was going to become a teacher. And I remember (laughs) about probably towards the end of my freshman year, or beginning of sophomore year, I called them and I was like, hey guys, so I just want to let you know I changed my major. And (laughs) (laughs) they were like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I changed it. And they were like, to what like high school education they were like what are you talking about and I was like oh no I actually I changed to business and I was fortunate enough to have a family who have been supportive of every decision that I've made and so at the time they were supportive I knew deep down inside that they felt that this was not the right decision for me but they weren't about to Mm -hmm. say like this isn't something you shouldn't do so I think that it wasn't them who had defined success for me, but it was, I don't know. Like I, I, like I think, think about it sometimes and I really just don't have the right answer for it. I don't know if it was, this is what I think success is. Like maybe this is what other people think success is. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should talk that. Maybe it's a financial reason. Like I look back and there are so many things that I'm not sure about. Cause I think I was so confused at that point that like, it's hard for me to even gauge where my thoughts were but I went for it and yeah I stuck <laughs> with it for two years and then about halfway through my senior year I got a job offer I remember being so excited but that week I actually went to my advisor and I asked if it was too late for me to switch back to education <laughs> <laughs> in your senior year <laughs> in my senior year that's not something I've told many people but yeah I actually went back to my advisor before I accepted my offer and I was like oh no <laughs> I, I don't think this is the right idea is it too late to switch and my advisor kind of looked at me like you have one semester left so unless <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep going to college <laughs> he was like um yeah that's probably something you should have done a few years ago so I <laughs> stuck with it and then I ended up staying there for a few years and I was like let me just give it a shot like who knows maybe I'll love it I don't think I knew that you had asked your advisor to maybe switch I think I was much like your family where instinctively I just kind of always thought you would go back 
to teaching because the stories when you're little that doesn't surprise me at all because it's so much of your character and who you are and I think it's funny sometimes when people who are closest to you we can be so afraid to like tell them what we want to do and and they basically the way they react is like uh yeah we know (laughs) obviously my family has been so supportive throughout every decision I've made but I remember switching back to teaching and specifically my stepdad was like finally (laughs) this conversation with him and it's so funny because my mom tells these stories from when I was a little kid and in middle school but my stepdad actually didn't join our family until probably closer to high school so it's funny that he had the same reaction so it just goes to show that like my whole life it's been the same pattern and kind of just ingrained in who you were Exactly. And even though I lost it a little bit along the way, it's funny how like even when you lose yourself a little bit and mm-hmm. you get caught up in what you think may be the right move, that everyone around you still is on the same page. And everyone around me was like, yeah, we knew that already. So <laughs> I love that because one of the girls who I actually knew her in college, we lived on the same floor And we kind of knew each other. We had like a class. I think we worked on a class project or two. And then really after freshman year, we kind of went our separate ways. And then she had stumbled upon this podcast. And one of the first messages that I got from people was actually from her. And she wrote me this really nice note about how much she connected with it. And one of the things she said was, I related so much to when you said that kind of in your gut, you know what you love, but you're so afraid sometimes that if you follow your passion, like you'll be poor and there's something that she wants to do. And for now she wants to do it on the side, but then maybe she'll, maybe she'll switch to that full time. But I think with her, it would probably be similar that she was so afraid to make a decision that she thinks might leave her like worse off financially, but probably much like your family and my family would be very supportive and say, actually, you're probably going to be happier because it is more in line with who you are. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was a lot of it, too. And I hate to think of it that way, because you can't define success by how much Mm -hmm. money you're making. Be about how you feel about yourself and your career and the people you surround yourself with. But a lot of it probably was at the time, too, about finances and about the opportunities I could have if I took a job at a big bank and made a lot more money because I could travel, I could have more experiences. And I think Elon's culture has a lot to do with that too, not in the mm-hmm. negative sense of more money, but Elon exposes you to a lot of opportunities, like traveling around the world that I fell in love with and having a job that has more money gives you that opportunity. So absolutely, a lot of it too. It was, I was kind of, at the time weighing what I wanted more. Did I want to be happier in a career? Did I want to have more travel experiences, more life experiences? And yeah, I mean, taking that job pushed me to move to New York City, uh, gave me great years here. I mean, I still (laughs) live in the city, fortunately, but had I not done that, I don't think I would have ever moved into New York City. So I don't think look at it as at it like a regret. When I'm sure that you still learn so much from your time at JP Morgan that you could very much still use in any career step you take, including with children. Yeah, I think that having that job did give me a lot. I think it it definitely tested my patience. So (laughs) (laughs) as any as any corporate (laughs) job does. 
So that definitely happened. And working with kids, you need a lot of patience. So uh, <laughs> I gained that. I gained a lot of experience by building relationships with people. I learned a lot. I mean, whether or not it's directly applicable to what I'll be teaching. I don't know. I, I still took, I still think I take away a lot from that experience and I'm really thankful that I did it. I don't look at it as, as something I regret. I look at it as something that brought me to where I am right now. How did you make the decision to leave your corporate job? Was it an overnight where you just snapped or had you been thinking about it for a while? Did you do a lot of planning? So in some senses, I feel like it was a little spontaneous, <laughs> but in other senses, it actually really wasn't. At the time, it all happened so fast that it, it felt spontaneous just because I had been there for two years. So my first job there was an analyst position, and I actually had a great team that I was working with that I had a great relationship with that to this day I still have great friendships from. And I loved it except for the fact that I wasn't gaining gaining anything from the work experience directly mm. so I was like all right like, so you you love the people that you were with but you didn't feel necessarily fulfilled in the work itself yeah and so I was like let me try something else so I interviewed within the firm and I was like let me try to go for a more challenging role that maybe that will be more fulfilling for me maybe that'll drive me to love my job more so I took on a job that was a lot more challenging than I had expected it to be for a lot of reasons. I was the only analyst on the whole team. So our team was pretty global and I was by myself in the New York office. So in that aspect, it was challenging. And I also was working with a lot of upper management that was very tough on me. And at the time it was really stressful and really upsetting. And I would call you, I called my mom. So upset, and I was like, they're, driving me crazy. They're <laughs> doing this, they're doing that. And I just remember hating them. And I was like, I can't believe, I feel like they're ruining my life. They're ruining my career. And I almost felt like they were out to get me. And when I look back at the situation in a clear mindset, mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily that it's just that the role wasn't right for me. And right. So you start to get oh, so uncomfortable that suddenly when you don't have the people day to day that you click with or you yourself, you're just not in a right mindset that it probably wouldn't have mattered who interacted with you at that point. Exactly. Like my old team, I didn't like the work, but I had the support system and the new team, I didn't like the work and I didn't have the support system. So I didn't really have anything. Mm. I think that was really eye opening for me. And at that point, it kind of just clicked for me that this wasn't right. And my boss came back from his, his two week vacation. <laughs> And that morning we had an 8 a.m. meeting scheduled. And I remember I actually listened to Fight Song by Rachel Platten to pump myself up. <laughs> I was like, That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, I need to do this. I need to do it. I've never quit before. And I walked into the meeting and I quit on the spot. I, at that point, hadn't had a plan. So it was, in that sense, it was spontaneous. Um, I knew I wanted to get out, but I didn't know exactly what was next. That's um, actually really interesting what you say, because I can relate to that emotion. I think if I were to ever do that, that like, I'm not a quitter. I'd like, I don't want to walk away from something because it quitting has the connotation of failing. Can you talk a bit more about that and like what it felt like leading up to it? And then once you actually did it, did do you still have moments where you felt like you had 
quit or given up on something? Yeah. So leading up to quitting, you're right though. It, it honestly felt like I was failing and it was really upsetting because it, I just felt like I wasn't doing well at my job. And I looked around at my friends and all of them have been doing like so well and they still are doing well and I'm so happy for them. And like, I obviously want the best for my family and friends, but it was, it was so confusing at the time to think, why are they all succeeding and doing so well? And why am I not doing that? Like, why am I constantly mm. like, why do I wake up in the morning and dread coming? Um, and I think a lot of it was that my friends are in career paths that they were really passionate about. So like they were doing well because they were passionate about They loved about what they were doing. Yeah. And at the time I did feel like I was failing. I really did. It was really frustrating. And I saw people around me doing so well. And now that I look back, it wasn't that I was failing. And I think that other people who are feeling the same way that maybe feel like they're not doing well in their career. um, Uh It's not that they're not good enough for it. It's not that they're not able to do the work. It's just that maybe they're not passionate about it. And like, that's how I like to look at it. Um, So yeah, at the time I felt like I was failing. And then when I quit, um, it felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. It was like, mm. wow. You had probably been sitting with it. Well, we know you'd been sitting with it for so long. Yeah. I mean, my meeting was at 8 a.m. and I came in at 7 that day and I listened <laughs> to fight song for probably an hour. <laughs> On repeat again and again and again. <laughs> I know. And my, my family chat, too. They were so supportive. They're like, listen to fight song again. Listen to it one more time. <laughs> I was like, got it. Um, but it was funny because when I quit, when most people quit their jobs, their managers are like, okay, um, I guess this is your two weeks. We'll start interviewing. But for me, I think they knew they could see that I was so stressed out. And I was like in almost like a quarter life crisis. Like (laughs) they could tell, like they, they, I mean, it was, it was pretty obvious that like, I just didn't know what I wanted. Um, so my boss goes, all right, well, why don't you hold that thought? And he starts talking about his vacation to try and calm me down a little bit because I was so upset. What a and... good leadership strategy. Oh, he he was so great. I mean, we had a great relationship and he handled it so well. So he changes his topic a little bit, calms me down. Um, He circles back and he was like, all right, so before we make this official, why don't you think about it? And I was like, okay. So then he was like, why don't you talk to my boss? So he has me talk to his boss and within that next three days they gave me about three to four different job offers within the firm oh wow so they tried me around um they tried to relocate me to london actually which i almost accepted (laughs) they were they were they almost had me too i was like (laughs) that was another thing too so it wasn't like i quit and it was like great this is over i'm out of here i'm gonna throw my badge in the air and walk out um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were, which I think were... very few people actually do that well I was expecting it to be like the movie I was like I'm gonna quit and I'm gonna walk out and be like woohoo like, yeah and I was gonna walk out into like the singing streets of New York and it was gonna be like a Broadway musical and yeah so that didn't happen it was so awkward like, <laughs> I was ready for it no um but they were supportive in the sense that they wanted me to stay, but I don't think they understood that, like, how much I needed to leave. So I actually ended up staying for another three months before I finally quit, like, for real. 
which is pretty rare too because while there usually isn't a Broadway musical waiting for you (laughs) I think people do think there's no option like they can't have those honest conversations with their management and so they either have to just do it spur of the moment and then give two weeks notice and leave people are feeling that way in their business like maybe long term this isn't right for them would you recommend that people be honest with their management or do you think you just got lucky? Um, I think it depends on the relationship you have with your manager. So I was really fortunate to have such a great relationship with my manager in the sense that he, I quit the day he got back, um, said that that was my two weeks, I'm ending. And then he still gave me this huge cushion to really figure out what I wanted to do. I wouldn't advise that everyone do that (laughs) because um I don't think that everyone's gonna have that luck and I don't want people listening to this podcast being like you're right I'm gonna quit today and then having no back (laughs) walking on a Monday before Christmas (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm out but give me four months (laughs) so don't do that but I would say have a plan have an idea of what you want to do research it because going into it blind it's going to make you stressed Mm -hmm. out and it's going to make you feel like you're regretting your decision um it's going to make you second guess it so if you research it like for me for instance I researched schools that I wanted to go to I researched the field and the process that I was going to have to go through to become a teacher in that window that I was given and it really reassured me because it gave me a plan so I think that for people who want to make that decision do it, but research it. So make the time, like take some nights off, like when you get home from work, unwind, think about what you want to do and go through the effort, whether it's going back to school, whether it's researching another industry, whether it's moving to a new city. Once you have a plan, you'll feel so much like more reassured in what you're doing. And you won't feel like you're second guessing your, any of your decisions when it comes time to put those into action. And you'd pro- you probably felt so much better about what you were getting yourself into. Yeah, so I actually had my last day um, in corporate America this past January. So um, I started classes. Um, I became a nanny. <laughs> I've been nannying for the past year up through September. And it's been so great. I take classes at night and... I started student teaching this past September. So um, this past year has been a lot of time working with kids, which I love it. And I have like really discovered that I'm more passionate about it than I ever thought I was. So right now I'm teaching third grade up in the Bronx in a general and special ed classroom. So um, I primarily work with our special ed students, but um, I do lessons for both right now. And I love it so much. My roommates probably get so annoyed because I come home every single day <laughs> with something that my students made or like another story about them or something that we did in class. <laughs> <laughs> so much different from, you know, 15 months ago when you were coming home and that wasn't even a possibility in your head yet. Yeah, it's so funny because now um, when I come home from work, it doesn't well one it doesn't feel like work so I never even say when I come home from work it's funny I say when I come home from school I love Um, that (laughs) 
it's because it doesn't feel like a job. I love it so much. And I come home with all these stories and I come home excited about it. And some days, like, it's a reality that you feel stressed out. Like, I come home and I'm like, wow, that lesson didn't go so well. But it's like, oh, there's always tomorrow. And it's such a change because when I think about coming home last year, I was coming home crying. I was coming home stressed out. I was coming home like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's only Thursday. Like, I have a whole another day to go. Which is so common for so many people. It is. It's it's really common. And some people feel like they're trapped in their job. And I think it's important to know that you're not. It definitely isn't easy to make the change, but it's possible. Like, I, it's, it, it wasn't easy. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of research. Um, it's a lot of conversations with yourself. What, what am I doing? But it's... It's not impossible. So that means you do it all over again? Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was not easy. I mean, you know this. Our listeners yeah. maybe don't, but you know this. It was 100 phone calls to you about, oh my gosh, is this the right decision? Like, I don't know, but. Do you, um, I guess for the I- listeners, did you ever have a day where you thought maybe I made the wrong mistake or even it as hard as it was you still thought you were going at least somewhere close to the right route I think my first probably two to three weeks of classes (laughs) I felt way in over my head I was like wow this was a really bad decision I hope my boss is still nice enough to hire me back (laughs) (laughs) I was like well I was just surrounded by so many people who had been teaching already for so many years and they were so and had so much to contribute. Um, and I remember introducing myself to the class because we all had to go around and say our background. And I was the only person in the room who had come from a finance background. And all everyone said was, well, that's interesting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, once I got past the, like, the first two weeks of nerves, it's like college, like your first couple nights, you're like, oh, no, no, I haven't regretted it since. I think that it was, it is the best decision that I've ever made. Oh, I love, I love hearing you so happy now because I remember those nights when it really was so hard for you. And I think we, no, even people who enjoy their jobs, have those days but when you know you're in a path that just is not right for you it just feels so much more overwhelming so I love now hearing you be so excited and I can like hear your smile which probably sounds so weird but (laughs) no it's so true though I mean we were living together when I was working in finance and you knew yeah (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't come home smiling every day that's for sure (laughs) No, I actually think I remember a story where you came home and you were like, do you ever take the long way home? Like, by long way, I mean, go three subway stops up just to avoid, like, work. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I was like, no, no I, don't, I don't think I do. <laughs> well, it was so funny because I just remember, like, talking to you about your job and my mom and both of you were like, yeah, like. Caitlin's killing it. You're like, yeah, I love work. Like, I love that so much, but like. (laughs) But I'm miserable and I hate this industry. (laughs) Does she ever skip her subway stop to not go? Because. (laughs) 
Because I might be doing that. <laughs> I know. I was like, I think others do that too. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess to wrap up, as people are thinking about the year end, New Year's resolutions, and one of the things I said in the opener was that this time of year can be hard for a lot of people, especially if you don't feel like you're succeeding in what you're doing or you, you feel like you're, you might not be in the right place. It can be hard to come home to people you've known your whole life or neighbors or those holiday parties and people are like, so where are you? What are you doing? Do you, do you love your job? And I think this is a good time of year where a lot of people start to really seriously say, maybe I should do something different next year. So do you have any advice for people who are listening? I guess I have two takeaways. The first would be to really be mindful of how your loved ones view you just because they have always, always have your best interests at mind. And I think I took that for granted for a really long time. Um, Those people who are really close to me all knew exactly what the right path was for me. And they knew that I had to find it for myself. And I think that, they would always drop hints, but <laughs> I don't ignored it. And I think it's really just important to listen, like listen to what your parents think, listen to what your siblings, your best friend, your roommate, like your significant other, because sometimes they know you better than you know yourself. That's one. And two, once you figure out what you want to do, no matter how silly you think it is, how scary it is to take that leap, do it anyway, make a plan, talk to someone about it tell them what you're going to do and just go for it. I think it also helps to have, like, if you tell someone to have them follow up with you. Oh, good point. Be like, okay, what have you done next? So I think that for me, that was my parents because they were so involved with me applying to schools. So I think that for, like, for my instance, if you're going back to school, tell someone who's going to follow up with you being like, where are you on the applications? What schools are you applying to? Or what jobs are you applying to? What online courses are you taking to help you take those next steps? So having a plan, an accountability buddy, and listening to people around you. I love it. All really good points. Okay, so then wrapping up, we're going to give people a little bit of their Mondays back. We're going to try to cut this one a little bit shorter this week, but we still have to do our rapid fire round with you. So as you're aware, every week we wrap up with three questions that are the same across everyone. So For the first one, we're celebrating your small wins. So what are three small wins that you had this past week? Three small wins. Okay. I think two of my small wins came in the classroom. So uh, one of them was filming my video to get my teacher certification and filming my final plan for that. So that was definitely huge win win for me because it took me a lot of time to get myself to do it. So that was one. Two, I was having a lot of trouble connecting with one of my students in particular who has a lot of behavioral issues. And this week he really opened up to me and I feel like we built a good relationship with each other. And he specifically asked if he could work with me. So that was a huge win for me. Oh, that's so Uh, awesome. And the third win was making more time for myself this week. Ooh, Um, I like that. I kind of forced into it just because... (laughs) I did a lot of babysitting this weekend, but um, I had a lot of me time. I did some reading. I did some catching up on papers and yeah, did some self-reflecting for this podcast. (laughs) So yeah, those are my three. (laughs) And what are you trying to do this week? 
What's one big thing you need to accomplish? One big thing I need to accomplish this week. Probably finish up Christmas shopping. That would be a big <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so gonna put that one on the list. <laughs> so you can cross it off. I need to get done. All right. I'll be right there with you. I'll follow up with you midweek. <laughs> Perfect. See accountability, buddy. That's what you need. There we go. All right. And then what is one quote? that you were living by right now um this is probably a really cliche quote um, <laughs> that everyone lives by but I'm gonna go for it anyway I firmly believe that everything happens for a reason so even if you feel like you went down the wrong path and you're like wow it's too late to make a difference nope you probably went down that path for a reason and it just led you to where you are now and yeah so it wasn't a wrong decision and reason I so, so, so adamantly believe in that as well, which you know. But also, it's funny because everyone who has come on the podcast, they might not have said it in their quote, but they've at some point said it throughout the interview. And I think that's a really big takeaway for anyone listening that usually from my, from my observations, the people who end up where they're supposed to be in life are the people who truly believe that everything in their path to get there is intentionally placed there or has some benefit from it. And if you can learn to shift your mindset and start appreciating even the things that look like maybe they're detours or you went the wrong way. Like even you have said, even going to work in the corporate world, while it wasn't what you wanted to do and you weren't passionate about it, there's still so many things that you gain from it that put you in a better position today to do what you really love. Yeah, exactly. And I I think that quote is so powerful because it can apply to anything, whether it's like a career change, um, a minor choice that you made, a mistake, um, a friendship, relationship, (laughs) something that didn't go the right way. It happens for a reason and it helps you to not live with regrets and to also look at what's coming forward. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for coming on tonight, Alina. I know it, we're like cutting it real close to podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's late Sunday night, but I'm so glad I got to catch up with you. I know. Same. And thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So I hope that a lot of people really listen to your story and can relate to it because the episodes leading up to this, we have talked a lot about people who started their own business or did things on the side. And what I love about your story is that you did something that so many people might think of doing, but are really, really afraid to, and will never go for it, which like doing that huge career change. So we've seen how far you've come in one year and We'll see what where you are next year. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I hope that it does inspire someone to make a change that they want to do. And if they need advice, they can reach out to both of us. <laughs> so true. I'll put all your contact information for them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Perfect. <laughs> Just include a puppy picture or a frozen video and she'll respond instantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you send me a let it go, reference, frozen, <laughs> anything Disney. That'll be the icebreaker. No pun intended. (laughs) I was just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, love. Well, I'm going to sign off. Thanks so much for having us. And we'll see everyone next time. All right. See you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.